0: Tonight on Ship Chasing, we put a bow on all of the playoff contests. We even have the FFPC Playoff Challenge champ, Toyo, swinging by. is going to tell us how we did it. We'll break down how our portfolio shook out uh, across all of our playoff contests, as well as get a kickoff preview from Ben Gretsch on the Omni Fantasy Contest for 2024. It's Ship Chasing. Let's do it. Pat Fryer-Helmo. <laughs> this is what? This I'm hot. Anita, hand, hand job. Fix your sight, Jamar. <laughs> Alpha play chase. <laughs> Are you me. kidding me? Can I me? you? can't handle the heat. See, it looks like we're finally at this point. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> All right. Ben Gratch, Pat Corain. Been a while since we have uh, done a show. Did you guys have uh, fun Super Bowl viewing experiences?
1: Yeah, it was good. Uh, I was rooting for the Chiefs. Glad to see him. Glad to see Mahomes get another ring. Um, you know, rooting for our buddy Davis. Uh, after after they win, it's inevitable. You know.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, where did you watch the oh, game, Gretch? Yeah.
1: I was at
2: a at a buddy's house. Um, I have you know older kids for for kids my age. Most of my friends we're all similar ages, but most of my friends have kids, uh, that are like in the two to five year old range. And so there's a lot of two to five year olds running around. I brought my eight year old with me, but my 12 year old hung back with mom. And so anyway, they were, they had a lot of fun playing. There was a uh, more of a family atmosphere over there, but I mean, I was kind of, I was definitely talking ball. My, my buddy's, uh, they're not like huge football fans, but they they like to talk football. But I I mean I can't help myself, so I'm just like going way too in the weeds on stuff. And they're like, yeah, definitely, <laughs> like, yeah, for sure. <laughs> like, one of my one of my closest buddies made a pretty funny joke at one point where he was like, yeah, no, I totally knew that. I, I made some comment about Michael Hardman and Richie James because how they have the, the jersey numbers and you know every time Richie James returns a punt, this number seventeen, you for a second you're like, oh, that's Michael Hardman. He's like, oh, yeah, no, totally. That's what I was thinking too about Mikkel Hardman and Richie James. (laughs) I was like, (laughs) yeah,
0: just like talking to myself. I was uh, I was watching with Rudman, uh, I mean with a lot of people, but I was right next to Rudman, and his, you know, he's a massive Patriots fan. And so his macro rooting interest was he wanted the Chiefs to lose because he doesn't want any of the discourse to ever be Mahomes right. is better than Brady. Like that's, that's all Brady.
1: Brady has in the discourse, let's be honest. It's just yeah. number ring. That's the only Ooh, thing okay. left. Hey, you better that up with better hold
0: on that ring lead, Brady. <laughs> but there was a there was a really funny moment where like Redmond basically was like it, it was one of the the, the game winning or whatever. And he's like, Look, if Mahomes does it, I'll, I'll tip my cap, but otherwise, he's a complete fraud. <laughs> so it was like so binary. He's like, yeah, I'll tip my cap if he does it, but otherwise, he's dead. Uh, he did it. Uh, spoiler he did alert. It. He did it. Uh, but shout out to everyone hanging in the chat with us uh, tonight. We got Sacrilegious member for 13 months. Uh, Maverick, shout now all the content on Leg Up. Definitely got to mention that. You guys had uh a ton of people using those rankings won contests one tournaments pat what did you win the big mitten big mitten nice yeah yeah that was that nice
1: was work thanks yeah it was fun i got uh you know it was actually wild because uh msos who's in the discord and everything um and is a very good best ball player was in second for most of the super bowl in the big mitten mm-hmm. He had M V S though. So he passed me at one point for first. And then we also had we like had so much of the same team that it was possible if Rashi Rice were to catch that touchdown instead of Mikole, I think we would have tied. Wow. So like I I wanted my pure rooting interest for that tournament was the game to end as soon as possible. But I really did want the Chiefs to win. So I I was like, I don't want to have to sweat this anymore, but i you know I'm rooting for overtime. I'm rooting for so I I got I got the best of both worlds where I actually was still able to get Kelsey to outscore MBS, which is what I needed. I need him to outscore Rice and MVS, and the Chiefs win. So hit that little parlay. I wasn't uh, obviously deep in the
2: playoff best ball streets because I can't do it here. Um, I, I drafted a few teams, but did I catch something where like a big part of why leg up subscribers were crushing was Mikkel Hardman?
1: Were you like were people on Mikel? No, we 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 were team get additional like pieces of the offenses that you're betting on, but I don't think we were pushing Miko specifically. Oh, Jawan Jennings. was. Jawan was who you guys were
0: pushing, yes.
1: We pushed a lot of Jawan Jennings. Um I
0: started drafting Ronnie Bell because I was sick of drafting Jawan Jennings. I told him <laughs> at that. I was like, I can't keep taking Jawan Jennings in every goddamn draft. <laughs> <him>. <laughs>
1: That's like, a game for Jawan Jennings. <laughs> yeah, what a it game. It's It's crazy to see something theoretical play out like that cleanly.
0: Um, I know. Yeah, I talked about it on my portfolio review because I only I had a dead team that made the gauntlet finals, and it had CMC and Jawan Jennings, and I still finished middle of the pack just because of having Jawan Jennings, Jeez. Uh, which is ridiculous. Um, <laughs> Jeez. But yeah, it'll be it'll be fun uh, to run it back again next year, and to actually see how much does the field catch up. You know, obviously it's going to be slightly better, but I wouldn't be surprised if it isn't like a giant leap forward just because I
1: think think it might be similar to this year again. Yeah. Um, And the reason I'm thinking that is that there were, it was really hard to advance. If the chiefs hadn't won, it would have been so hard to advance like the teams that you actually wanted in the super bowl. And you can talk yourself into like, I just need to find Aaron Jones and Jake Ferguson and, you know, like getting those guys to advance you, or the Lions guys, like just finding the guys to get there. People always want to have a sweat. They always want to advance and live to see another day. It's a natural <clears> bias <throat> if you're in these tournaments. You don't want to get balanced. So I think that the idea of no draft, like my team was all Chiefs and 49ers plus Brandon Cooks and Ferguson. It advanced by one point in round three. I mean, in many worlds, it's it doesn't even make the final. And I'm just like, oh. that's my whole sweat so i i think it's just like it's tough for people to want to build a team like that because it's such a bummer when it gets bounced before the final and it will get bounced before the final because you're you're keeping it really lean so that when it gets the final it it has a huge it has huge equity to actually take it down
0: yeah and there ended up being what like a 36 way chop or something around that for the gauntlet
1: for the gauntlet yeah
0: which still very nice payday. I think it was like fourteen point five K or something for everyone. So you are you're not turning your nose up uh at that despite getting hella duped. Um let's see. So tonight we're gonna have uh Zach Toyo who shipped the FFPC playoff challenge, and I believe shipped one of the FFPC best ball contests. No, he did.
1: He shipped he he went he shipped back to back playoff or uh FFPC tournaments
0: wow. Yeah. yeah. So we're going to have him swing by here probably next 25 <laughs> minutes or so. We'll get to hear uh, from him. Not familiar with him at all. So excited to get to know him uh, a bit more. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about our FFPC Playoff Challenge portfolio when he comes by. But I did want to carve out some time now to talk about Omni Fantasy Gretch, which uh, I've gotten some of the updates in my inbox. And I know you're gearing up for a big year. Lots of improvements on the tech side, too.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's... It's uh, not, I mean, every year we talk about this, I'm like, how do you, how do you start talking about OmniFantasy? Um, we added some things to the to the site that needed to be done. We definitely have some feature upgrades that needed to be done. We had a lot, the, the biggest one, the huge one was to not make Twitter be the only um, the only login source because we've always had it linked through Twitter for simplicity and so that we're not like capturing, you know, passwords and those types of things um but obviously twitter is not the healthiest social media site in the this world this is right
1: like now. omni <laughs> fantasy you play for a full year so you'd like your login to right a lot
2: rest. of <laughs> in the last year a lot of people have been like hey i, I deactivated my twitter and now i can't access omni <laughs> fantasy it's like all right well we got to find a solution for this um <laughs> so we got uh email links we got Finally have uh, along with that we'll have uh, email push notifications when you're on the clock, which in the past we've all had to ping each other, which has been you know a little bit of a headache. Hang on.
1: You ping me is how that works. Yes, <laughs> We're not I, ping-
2: I ping Karain <laughs> constantly
1: every time he's <laughs> like six times every time he's up. Um, I've never pinged you. But yeah, no,
2: we have uh, a lot of a lot of stuff.
1: Um, added some new
2: sports. Um me. Man, I I should have actually prepared to talk about this instead of, you know, trying to to wing it. But we added women's college basketball this year, which is cool. Caitlin Clark just a few minutes ago became the highest scoring women's college basketball player of all time. Happened tonight, breaking this news live on Ship Chasing, you can pick her Iowa Hawkeyes to win the women's college basketball championship this year. They're not even the favorites. So yeah. Um, it's pretty wide open. There's women's college basketball is pretty sweet right now. So it's a really good, a really fun addition for Omni fantasy. Um, we also added, let's see Euro, which is like the world cup, but every two years offset from the world cup, it's just European countries, but for soccer, it's a, you know, a non-annual, um, a non-annual soccer tournament, uh, nations, you know, not, not club, but, um, uh national soccer tournament and then we had cricket which uh hassan has asked about in the past i have another buddy who uh has a a wife from australia and her his like in he's played almond fancy since the first year we've done it he's one of my college buddies and her whole family's really into cricket it was pretty fun to dig into that a little bit we just finished our longest running draft and digging into cricket it's like, there's like seven nations that are super into it that have good odds, but it's also pretty open at that point. But then it, it does fall off from that point, but there's not like a clear favorite is my point. So it's not like, like we did F, we tried F1 a couple years ago and we still have on the site, but it won't be a part of the Omni fantasy Cup because it's too predictable. That's not an issue with cricket necessarily, but there are only like seven legitimate contenders. is kind of what it comes down to. It's like India, Pakistan, you do have England. But a lot of it's Southeast Asia. In India, Pakistan, Australia's in it. New Zealand is really good. You have the West Indies, which is like all the Caribbean nations come together, and they're really good. Mm. And part of the cool thing about the cricket and why we he talked me into adding it this year, my buddy, is that the U.S. and the West Indies are, are co-hosting. So some of these massive World Cup cricket matchups this year are going to be like at the Meadowlands, I think. or Not at the oh, Meadowlands. Cool. There's a cricket stadium in, in New York, New Jersey. But, yeah, like some of these cool – location so anyway we have the men's t20 world cup i don't know anything about cricket but that's uh also a cricket
1: match one time in australia did you how was it yeah the beer was great (laughs) (laughs) i had had no idea was happening
0: and gretch for for people who aren't familiar they if someone's like okay that's nice that hassan has cricket i don't want to do cricket you can pick which sports you want if you're spinning up your own league
2: right Right, there's a few awesome things. If you're spinning up your own league with other people, you can do that. You don't have to include cricket. If you're playing in the um, Omnifantasy Cup, which is one of the things we want to talk about here, he uh, put it in the chat. Uh, the, the last ship chasing comment in there uh, has the sign up for that. That's going to be a whole bunch of 18 leagues, sort of like you know a, a really mini best ball mania, right? I've compared it to like the Scott Fishbowl before because there's not like huge prizes or anything. We're not playing for money uh because we can't like legally but um we have the the winner from last year was paul v from the deposit kingdom chat we do we do do a prize for the winner so he's gonna get two tickets to go see whatever uh sporting event he wants to see last year was anthony another ship chaser one and he went to the i think it was the new hampshire like the nascar race in new hampshire really so was, he said it was his first ever uh NASCAR race, which is kind of cool. And then he finished third this year out of 128 people, he almost went back to back. He wow. baked it in 2020. Thing. Yeah. So he's need, the, the guy to watch, I think. Gretch,
0: you need to get an omni fantasy, you know, merch and have them. Then he shoots the vlog, and so he's at the race doing promotion for omni fantasy. How did you end up here? Well, let me tell you a story.
2: There's a lot of really good things we could do with it. The problem is, as always, we've never known how to monetize this. It's just a side project that takes up way too much of my time right now. I would love to do a lot of that kind of stuff. I did have him take pictures, and I was like, eventually maybe we'll have a Hall of Fame, and we'll want to have some pictures from these events. So I had him take pictures of the first one. I'll I'll have Paul do the same thing so we can at least document these, you know, these first Nomina Fantasy uh, Cup champion events and trips that they get to go to. Um, but yeah, anyway, it's it, what I was going to say is, uh, if you do sign up for that, we're going to have a whole bunch of different leagues. There'll be one mate, uh, overall score board for that. And one overall champion. But if you're in something like that, and we, you're just talking about cricket, if you don't like cricket or whatever, the other thing you can do is you can punt it. Like, so this is an example of Paul's draft. These are all the teams he drafted. There are some flex picks in here. Uh, I don't know. I, I can't really see them off the top of my head, but somewhere in there, you're going to have two of the same sports at some at certain points. NASCAR. He has multiple times down at the bottom there, and then like you know, one of these sports down at the bottom, he probably only picked one of and fully punted. Like probably college basketball. Marquette okay. was his only his only team he picks in the 21st round. If you don't like cricket, you don't care about it. You don't want to pick it. You don't have to. Like other people will take those picks, and you can just pick it at the end. Uh, like any other draft, but that is another way to, to – <laughs> I love Paul's note. This is the way to do it, just draft 16 straight winners. So the, the color coding, green is overall champions. He didn't have any runners-up, which is interesting. That would be blue. Yellow is uh, semifinalists. Orange is quarterfinalists, the top eight score points in every sport. He had point scores with each of his first 16 picks, which is incredible. Like for the, the, the bottom picks that you saw there that weren't any colors – those guys didn't score, but you don't see any on this screenshot right now because all of his first sixteen that's picks crazy. finished top eight. I, yeah, I
0: don't know why, but I'm irrationally mad that he got both the XFL and USFL. Team. <laughs> no, reason, I was pissed about that Because the there's like a lot of parody in those ones too. It's like get the fuck there out. is
1: yeah. yeah. <laughs> to draft them early because yeah. God,
0: <laughs> yeah, yes, the classic modified zero cricket strategy. That's, what <laughs> that's what right. You can employ. Um.
1: Yeah, that's Medvedev, awesome.
0: he had he that guy Medvedev. Yeah, man. Where
1: were we watching him last year. That's
2: right. So tennis is is one I want to talk to you guys about because Pete was pretty in on on Carlos Alcaraz too, right? The the young Spaniard. So I he, think so.
0: I think it was because of Nick Bird in the chat was one of our tennis grinders, and he got me excited about him.
2: And then the year prior, Pat, you were into Medvedev, and we watched the yeah. Medvedev highlights. Yeah. Yes. So where we're at right now in tennis, we're kind of in a transition. Djokovic still won the eighty points last year but Alcarez is now has more expected points. So we have the expected points on the site that tell you like basically off future odds. Jo- Djokovic is favored in three of the four tournaments, but by very slim margins over Alcarez at Wimbledon U S open and next year's Australian open. And Alcaraz is like a pretty overwhelming favorite at the French. So when you average out the odds, Alcaraz is the slight Omni Cup favorite over Djokovic, which hasn't happened since I've done, like wow. it's been only Djokovic or Nadal. And then you have Medvedev had a good year and he's now kind of the clear number three, I think it is. And and the other name that's there. And I was looking at that and I was like, I think these are Pete and, and Pat's guys. They were on these guys early.
0: <laughs> yeah, hey. Yeah, man. next wave. Yeah.
2: Tennis scouts. That's right.
0: Yeah. Similar to how we were just early on, LaVisca Chennault and SkyMill. Just Sky really Moore. early. It's <laughs> way too early. Um, what do you, for people also who are uninitiated gretch what is the best way to like prep or get ready for one of these drafts because i think for a lot of people it might seem daunting and overwhelming to need to know this many sports
2: um i mean part of it is just constantly daunting and i do a lot of the research <laughs> during the draft and every time i place one of these picks i'm like yeah i fucked that up i mean it's just literally like a, an existential dread clicking clicking dra- it's one of the fun things about fantasy. there's so many ways you can go it is very difficult to weigh all of the you know, web of, of what am I trying to push and what am I trying to do? All the questions that we ask ourselves when we do drafts, it's hard to do when there's like 13 different sports you're considering. But in terms of trying to prepare, I mean, the expected points on the site are really helpful. You are trying to think about the sports that their playoff structures and their overall, like, whether the favorites and odds actually end up winning – what, whether there's that overall consistency, like year to year, how the the, the scoring is awarded. Um, like for men's tennis, for example, we do an aggregation of the four um, majors. And so that is kind of helpful because if you get upset one time, you can still win the overall title. That's not really the case in a lot of the other sports where like, you know, if the Chiefs would have got upset, they just don't score any points. You don't, you don't get another right. shot at it, right? So I feel like there's a little less variance in men's tennis It's played out that way over the years. Um, but women's tennis was a little bit wild this year, maybe just more parity in the skill level on that side. Golf is similar with the four majors. And also there's a lot of uh, fluctuations, just the way any, anyone can kind of win one golf tournament by playing really well for one weekend. And so um you you think through the different sports like that then all the ones that have brackets um you know like college football to me is a little bit harder to predict than and college basketball too because there's a lot college basketball is like
0: the ultimate variant sport
2: really is compared to like nba where i mean nba is pretty open now too but it used to be every year if you drafted lebron james team you're probably getting to the finals right if you draft the golden state warriors you're probably getting you know some points out of them um so, yeah, you're just trying to think through the different sports like that. I have I, written up strategy guides before. At, at, you were just showing some of the posts from the OmniFantasy.substack.com newsletter. Uh, there's some stuff there from, from old posts where I tried to look at some of the strategy. Um, and in doing that in the past, I've just um, tried to look at whether the top drafted teams in OmniFantasy actually go on to win. Um And those are the teams that I want to take in the early rounds. And the ones that don't usually have the top drafted teams win, I want to try to take a long shot and try to hit those points late.
0: Well, uh, yeah, we uh, keep an eye out for more from Gretch. I do recommend just subscribing to that sub stack. It's a free sub stack. So you'll just get the kind of updates in your inbox as gretch fires them off there's also the sign-up sheet as well and also recommend just getting in even with a smaller group of people and uh whipping up your own leagues with your friends uh what is the minimum amount uh to max amount for people in a league gretch
2: there's really no number i've done leagues as small as like four people before in the yeah. past year so just try out some different stuff it gets really concentrated like your your team you're picking favorites in every sport throughout your draft. Um, I think the optimal is closer to about like eight after having done this for a lot of years. Um, we had as many as I, my mainly was a 16 team draft last year, but we added more people. So we split it into two this year. Two, We have 20 now. So we decided to do two 10 team leagues and we're gonna crown one overall winner from that. I think the like the eight to ten range is is good. Twelve plus, you're starting to get a little thin where you run out of good picks by like the middle of the draft. And it's, I mean, it's it's just a different type of draft, but it is a little torturous. You're like, I don't I don't enjoy picking any of these teams. But like, I mean, the 16 team dream uh, draft we used to have, like round five, you're like, I don't want my fifth pick to be someone that I like think is terrible. But that's what yeah. that's what it ends up being. You know, it gets yeah. tricky when you get that big. But theoretically, you can go as big as you want. You just can't include sports that don't have enough teams in them. And so part of the thing about doing like an eight-team league, you can include the XFL, USFL, now the UFL, because they only have eight teams. There is one rule you have to draft at least one team from every sport. And so if you have 10 teams, you can't play with the UFL because there's only yeah. eight options. You can't, you know, not everyone can get one. So um, once you get bigger, you are limited a little bit in – what you're able to do in terms of uh, the leagues you're able to include, but there's still plenty. Obviously most of the leagues have 30, most of the professional leagues have 30 ish teams and the college leagues all have, you know, a hundred, right. And, and, and tennis and and golf have so many uh, options, all the individual sports. We have the NASCAR and F1. There's so many on the site now, uh, different, different ways to play. So you can play a really large league if you wanted to.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah i love the uh eight eight from the ones I've done with you because I feel like I've done like eight tens and twelves and I definitely like the uh the eight person ones there so um that would be my recommendation if you're trying to spin up your leagues and if you guys want to in the within the ship chasing channel I'd be happy to set up a thread for people too if you wanted to um organize one in there and kind of uh, well, there's an that. honor fantasy
2: ch- uh channel in the deposit game yeah. as well Yeah, So I would, I I would recommend, uh, if any of the ship chasers want to get their own little side leagues going, like chat, chat it up in there.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That's a good point. Uh, down in the, um, it's just a public channel within the deposit kingdom. There's the Omni. Um, all right, let's talk some playoff fantasy unless Gretch, are there any other admin or housekeeping items with, with Omni that people should know about? I'll drop the, um, The the link to sign up in the show notes.
2: There's, there's um, there's really one more um, minor thing but also with cricket I just sent you a, a Twitter thing that one of my friends sent about a cricket board you should pull this up I this oh, got yeah. sent to me just like a few hours to ago ago today all the terminology in cricket is is wild but the other thing that I forgot w- that we should mention is we we had a ship chasing cup as well last year so with oh, yeah. the Omni cup we had the ship chasing cup um, I was telling you guys I'm trying to find it uh, who the winner was but the winner absolutely crushed. It was, it was Lex uh, Pace.
0: Yes, Lex Pace, yeah. He crushed
2: everyone. So there was a, a, a Gretsch League, a, a Pat League, a Pete League. We all had 14 teams. It got a, a little bit big and overwhelming. I don't know if we're going to run this one back this year. But um, shout out to Lex for crushing that. He cleared every other drafter by more than 100, by 160 points. Um, even in a 14 team draft, he had four champions and four runners up. No one else in any of the three drafts had more than five combined champions plus runners up. He had eight. Wow. So he had, like, I mean, his, his team was was sick. So shout out to him for uh, a great team in the ship chasing cup. But this is hilarious. I don't, this, that, oh, yeah, that sir, cricket me, thing.
0: It, I, this, is like, the, the terminology here is out of control. Fly slips, gullies, silly points, mid off, leg. <laughs> mid off, good,
1: Lo- deep mid off, the,
0: that's wide that's long, wide long off, <laughs> deep mid off is what the Chiefs call their wide receiver drills. Exactly.
1: <laughs> I wish it, um, I wish it was deep. It's all shallow shit. <laughs>
0: All right, so we're going to bring Zach on in a second. Uh, Just got a monster super chat here from Colin. Hopefully I'm saying your name right there. Uh, Got first and second in the $35 FFPC Playoff Challenge. Second in the $200 FFPC Playoff Challenge. Also finished sixth in the best ball contest on there for $260,000. This year, Peter. I really appreciate the content, content you boys do. Just wanted to say thank you. Have a drink on me. Cheers. Holy shit, Colin! Congratulations. You, man. Congrats.
2: This, what's There's a, there's a. I mean, Pete, you and I are gonna enjoy the drink, but there's a real irony in the 260k winner sending a drink on him he, to Crane. <laughs> like, <yeah. laughs>
0: hey, I mean that is, un- and I, I assume Colin, tell me, was the team that got second? I assume it was one of the teams in the 35. Like you had, did you have? The same teams in both contests um what i'm guessing oh, that, so yeah that's probably i want right. to go pull up this but that is now. insane um and speaking of insane the only person that can say hold my beer to that <laughs> might be the ffpc playoff challenge winner himself for 500k we got zach toyo on the program welcome toyo
3: hey thanks pete what's up pat what's up gretch what's up we're we doing
0: I'm I'm already getting like major. I, I went to your Twitter profile. I saw you mentioning stuff about Zen. I see a wave. You got the hair. Are, are you a surfer? I'm getting big time surfer vibes.
3: We we do a little surfing down here. So <laughs> yeah. We need to get Pat in the water down in San Diego. Yeah. You're in San Diego too? Nope. I split time between Hawaii and the West Coast. So nice. My home nice. base is Hawaii right here. There you oh, go. Nice. I
1: saw that you, you won the playoff challenge and you shouted us out. And, uh, I was checking, I was like, Oh my God. So bulky's already got an interview up with you. That's, that was quick. That that's really cool though. (laughs) And realized, Oh no, you also took down the best ball tournament on FFPC, turned it around and just quickly repeated with the playoff challenge. Yeah. It was a
3: fruitful 2023 season. Took the best ball, uh, challenge out and rolled everything back into this uh, beautiful playoff tournament. So, How many uh, teams did you roll into the playoff tournament? Uh, so best ball, I tried to max the FFPC out, which is obviously a different animal for let's say underdog. So I had 115 best ball FFPC teams, um, advanced 25 then I ended up with five and the last man standing was the best ball champion. And I ended up doing 90 um, 90. FFP FFPC playoff challenge uh, entries. Dude,
0: that is (laughs) what like getting. So max entering a best ball contest is, I I mean, yes, it requires more time than getting a bunch of entries into the playoff challenge, but just from our own personal experience from an organizational level, like we had 75 and we always all want to kill each other by the end of it. How, and we how have like you
3: like five, six people working on it. How, how did you, you get do that? 90
0: entries in like what I wanted to at?
3: max the FPC, but it, I just ran out of time. Obviously, yeah. <laughs> you will literally, literally like run
1: out of time entering it on the site. Like yeah. it's,
3: it's yeah. not, it's yeah. not
1: streamlined. How did you, uh, how did yeah. you organize all that? I mean, so we have like spreadsheets
2: galore and five people do cross checking. I can't imagine solo entering 90 uh, lineups and and not feeling like there's like a lot of overlap. And so like Pete, to your point, when you're maxing best ball, you're drafting these on like different days. You can check your portfolio throughout it. All of this locks at once. And you're just tweaking 90 different lineups. Like that's a whole different animal. It's a very different thing.
3: Yeah, especially this year I thought it was unique because some of the information was coming in so late. You had the Eagles holding the AJ Brown designation tight yep. to the vest. And then and the Mark Andrews news came out late. Um yep. and then the biggest wrinkle to me was the weather. Um in uh Kansas City. Yeah and yeah. then uh the, the Pittsburgh the Pittsburgh game. Um and uh so yeah, I didn't start this exercise really till friday and in years past i like to kind of meditate and then do the spreadsheets and really settle in i mean this i think that industry adores this contest just because it's such a dynamic uh game theory puzzle yeah. piece it's like the ultimate game theory contest. yeah it is so it was a final exam cram from friday to saturday actually dave gerzek from the ffpc gave me a call i missed his call i had 30 lineups that were incomplete 45 <laughs> minutes to lock so i was how many it from my 30 40. No, how, how many minutes did you have left i had 45 minutes left to input oh, 30. you're just mashing
0: <laughs> buttons at that point
3: no no it was it i i had it i had it all in my excel spreadsheets and i was essentially inputting it so it was down to And the for people one. who don't know, inputting it is not like it, the, it takes about a minute close. thirteen, <laughs> it like it's or minutes. maybe a little more. <laughs> I had two minutes to spare.
1: Wow! Holy <laughs> wow!
0: Cow. And,
3: and then you know, did, do you yeah, know? Do you know which one lineup the winner? <laughs> yeah. yeah like, so th- this was my it was my seventy first. Oh my god! So, you put it into no, the last yeah,
0: forty five minute gram. Yeah, Yeah.
3: It, it, it was one of the last ones. <laughs> And I got to give props wow. to the legendary upside. When did it lock in Hawaii? <laughs> what what time so is so it? The first game on Saturday was 1130 a.m. Yeah. Okay. So when you were building these
0: out in your spreadsheet, were, like, what angle were you taking? Were you like, locking your quarterbacks and like filling out Were you like putting like a set exposure target. You reference Pat's, uh, ownership ranks. Like what was kind of your yeah, for uh, stepping process? There,
3: Rich. <laughs> yeah. I thought the best play in the tournament was L- Lamar. So I sort of settled that I was going to do 40% builds from Lamar at the top. Um, and I think I started pushing, some of that percentage towards Josh once the Buffalo game got moved till Monday Mm. um but I just I took my stands started with Lamar I think I had 25 percent Josh and just sort of worked from there the the key to me of this contest when I participated last year I finished top 20 and I had DK Metcalf and that skill position piece that gets eliminated in the first week you you need to get that right and you had all these rams pieces which i couldn't figure out the browns pieces so i just went shopping for exposure
0: mixing and matching essentially Mm -hmm. and who did you did you end up overweight on any of the winners or was like did your portfolio on the whole do well or did you just have the one perfect lineup
3: I finished, my second best line finished 40, but it, it was an imperfect process. I, I wish I had more time, but I mean, this this is the one that stuck.
0: Yeah, I should, you, so, I should
2: pull this up. Well, yeah, I'm looking at the team now. One of the things you did, well, there's a couple things you did incredibly well, but you you full faded Miami. You talked about the weather thing. I assume across your portfolio, you did a lot of, uh, picking a winner in case you're Miami, which is something that, that we definitely talked about on the show. You also played both sides of Green Bay Dallas, which ended up being huge because you have Aaron Jones in this lineup. You played both sides of Philly Tampa, which people didn't necessarily want to do, which made Devonta Smith a really nice play in a loss that like you were talking about. And then you also had Evans advancing. You have Puka Nakua in a loss here, which was a really key. And and, and Joku, you also mentioned that one was wild because he loses, but you have Houston's defense on this team, but Houston's mm-hmm. defense winds up being optimal for them in two games because they scored three touchdowns in two games. Mm-hmm. So really you're probably playing that more like a, a Browns win, but it ends up working. And then also you played Tucker. You faded the the Ravens and he was optimal in two games as well when Allen beat Lamar and there was no other Ravens that were huge. So that I mean it was a fat the kicker and defense thing was really fascinating this year, but it's cool mm-hmm. how you played the right games both ways there green bay and dallas and and tampa and philly are the two that really stand out
3: yeah actually out of the 90 it, it was a frightening fade of miami specifically with tyreek but yeah. i took a hard stand on a, a hard fade on miami and that really sort of worked out in my favor um I had success in the main event this year, I advanced seven teams to the playoffs. And I think around week 12, I was picking up Houston defense it might've been week 13. I Stingley was coming on, uh, Anderson was coming on. And then you had that D'Amico blitz package. It, it, it sort of bled into this tournament where I s- sort of settled on Houston as a defense. So I had a bunch of Houston Tucker Combinations, and if you notice at the top, uh, that that was key—the Houston Tucker combination. When you
2: were doing that, were you thinking like maybe Browns to the AFC Championship? Because the the whole thought was Houston Cleveland winner probably goes to the Ravens, and it did. And usually, you want your kick and your D to play one game. So when I saw lineups like this, my thought was, well, they were probably playing in Joku to beat Houston and then to also beat Baltimore and you have a Browns AFC championship run. And instead you wind up with a, a you know, a Houston Baltimore matchup where actually both the, the specialists end up being optimal.
3: Yep. That was the strategy. Just a, a, a soft fade on uh, on Houston and get that Njoku pass, and hopefully they beat Baltimore and just, it worked out with Tucker where he stayed even with the field and it kind of gave you a little extension on your timeline. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: it, and it's funny you say, you, you said you're, you thought the best play of the tournament was Lamar Jackson. And then it's a Justin Tucker team that takes it down for you.
3: Yeah, <laughs> Yep. And that was the other reason I sort of in, in the 11th hours started getting onto Tucker and it was somewhat of a hedge. I had like 35 Lamar teams. So.
1: Yeah, it's, you know, it's such a funny tournament because, like, it is so much game theory and and kind of playing it to pick the bracket and everything. But it's also, like, it's wild that, like, this team didn't have Jake Ferguson. You know, like, you yeah. didn't actually mm-hmm. – we were sweating. We were like, man, look, like, at this point, let's just look at our Ferguson teams. And we didn't have the right kind of combos with the Ferguson teams. It was very frustrating but it's just, it's wild to see that it's like, no, there's actually so many things that you have to get right in this tournament over the course of all the rounds that you didn't even need Ferguson.
3: Yeah, mm-hmm. I, was, I was really tilted because I had a bunch of Aaron Jones, Ferguson lineups. Mm-hmm. Uh, wow. Sort of guessing if Dallas lost, it'd be Ferguson in rubbish time and it would be Aaron Jones as the key component. And I was just tilted because I just had the combinations wrong. And I almost had that Lamar, Ferguson, Aaron Jones, which would have kind of had me covered with this team if Baltimore had beat KC. But, I mean, this tournament means means a lot. It's, it's, I've been participating in it. I think it's just it, it's special. And I think maybe two years from now, if this were to run, you would need the optimal dallas ferguson lineup with all the sin sims coming getting incorporated so yeah i was actually surprised that a ferguson lineup did not take this down
1: i know i was too just because he scored so many points but you know the cd ownership i think did come in you know at around 90 percent or something i forget off the top of
2: my head ferguson came in at one
3: percent which was shocking <laughs> there you go
1: yeah. Yeah, we
2: were kind of bummed that we didn't wind up with a little more of him because I think we had two or three lineups. And then I looked at the percentages and we 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 were double the field with like you know two lineups of him. Yeah. Or whatever, yeah. whatever we had. I mean it maybe we, we ended up with a Ferguson Nakua team that had Jaden Reed instead of Aaron Jones, but it was a Josh Allen. It had uh it had Baltimore's DST but it, you know, it didn't play Baltimore heavy. It was a pretty strong roster, but I had Jaden Reed and and Leone was tilting that one the
3: whole time. (laughs) (laughs) You guys finished relatively well in this contest, right? We had a couple top
1: 20s.
0: Yeah, we had this team in 16th, team in 19th. We haven't run the full accounting on it. I think we're pretty close to breaking even on our 75 entries, which, um, you know. The friends you made along the way i guess but uh you know trying to climb up there at least into the top five like uh like you and colin uh i did want to take a peek at uh colin's team here in the chat um very similar team i hate how this fades away um differences obviously chase mclaughlin and zay flowers and amari cooper so i believe those were the kind of the three main differences there
3: yeah that's right That Zay, I was looking at his team I thought my biggest risk headed into um the KC game was was obviously it was essentially a $500,000 payout for a two leg parlay and the first one was the KC money line um and I thought the Lamar teams were going to start steaming up but this Zay team started bubbling up and that a touchdown where the the ball gets knocked out. Wow. Oh really, man. man!
1: That uh, so
2: Leo, that's the other thing. Leone tilted on our team. We were both
3: of our top twenty teams
2: have Zay and would have I think both been top ten if we
1: were Team Cullen on that one. We
2: we wanted Zay <laughs> to
0: score that TD. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This one, our team that, that finished sixteenth yeah, was a Nico Zay. Zay. And then we, the that's that when
2: we yeah. were no longer live, was when Zay didn't catch that TDA. And I don't know if we were actually live at that point either, but I think we had like some slim. Maybe maybe we were live to right. finish like third, is what it was. Yeah. But we needed yeah. Zay to go on to have a big Super Bowl as well. And yeah, him not
0: scoring that touchdown was brutal for us too. Yep. Um, that's incredible, man. So what else what else was your your process? You said you had Pat's uh ownership projection someone in the chat said you were just doing it based on vibes is this true how much what what kind of vibes base you a little meditation that's all it takes Pat's ranks meditation (laughs) a
3: little meditation it was an all-nighter so i mean it it was a a flawed process but i'm (laughs) I'm just glad this one stuck the tucker you the legendary upside discourse and with ship chasing sort of brought me towards this tucker build and with the fact that i had 35 lamar teams i was pretty shocked i think pat had the projected at 12 for tucker maybe 13 and he ended up being at five percent and when i saw that i mean i, I was stoked i had the de- the defense steamed up is what it was
1: I thought right. the defense was going to be like the sneaky leverage play on Tucker and end up being the other way around.
3: Yeah. Pat Kornacki needed to take. <laughs> to take from- that was an all um, time. That was a miss for, for kids, Pat
1: Kornacki the- for
0: sure. <laughs> it sounds like you play a ton of volume on FFPC across a ton of, you know, contest main event playoff contests, obviously how, how long have you been playing on the platform?
3: I think I've been playing about eight years on the FFPC. I've had the top five finish in main event. This was my first big stab at the best ball tournament. I think it's probably relatively rare for someone to fire off over a hundred in this specific tournament, but, um, had fun on underdog too. I was actually fortunate enough to make the finals in BBM four. Um so that was a nice sweat. What a year, man. Yeah. Fruitful. Cool.
0: Did you have a sweat at all in BBM or did it peter out?
3: Yeah, I just had the CD Amon Ra, came to the party with everyone's yeah. favorite correlation. I had the Laporta Terry week 15 piece, had Amari 16, and I think finished 300, but it was yeah. a good time. Well,
0: when you have the other sweat, uh what 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 was yeah. your um FFPC? Best ball team, like
3: uh, yeah. So the FFPC had the CD piece, but it had Devonte. So in a full point PPR, Devonte had thirty seven points as opposed to yeah. Amon Ra twenty two. Wow. A naked Lamar had a DJ Moore piece, and it had the jump on the field with the Brees and njoku correlation. Nice. That's nuts.
0: That's and sick. so what what was your like if you're drafting that many you know uh best ball teams what kind of process did you have were you approaching it from a portfolio standpoint were you just trying to draft the best possible team in every every room were you trying to draft them across the drafting spectrum as far as like at what time of the year you were you were entering these
3: yeah i thought i was uh, the the draft cycle just seemed perfect to me i took player stands i had great closing line adp value throughout my portfolios that's something i always focus on uh the player stands worked out for me the fades worked out and so yeah i kind of hit 20 around 22 percent advance rate and uh i was slightly disappointed that i only had one bullet i was my goal was sort of two to three uh but this team just sort of sort of worked out yeah clear. what was the
1: final size on on ffpc
3: this year yeah so best ball is ten thousand six hundred. does that sound right entries total entries yeah oh total for the 125 right that price point. 125 200k purse ffpc yeah. is ten thousand six hundred. uh top two advanced to week 15 And it's top two to 16 and top three to week 17.
0: Because when you said you were disappointed, again, you had, did you say 110 entries?
3: Yeah, 115. So (sighs) I went 20% on the advance rate, had 25 teams advance, and had five teams in week 16. And I was hoping that I had two or three advance to the... Week seven. because yours you're
0: i mean you almost have at that kind of volume 125 a pop at 115 i, I right. don't remember the prize structure but you almost have to get at least one team to the finals to not be really
3: underwater right you do i was yeah. sweating this i mean there's <laughs> a lot of invested time and 115 <laughs> draws on ffpc so very fortunate this one worked out
1: and it's a 72 team final so i mean that's do you have work to do in the final? That was uh that's
3: a nice that's a, you know, a nice result. Take that's down really how many FPC best ball teams did you guys do? Or did you uh, just him. a couple I, I didn't after. really
1: fire at it because I was yeah. honestly like with as much drafting as I was doing on underdog and draft kings, I was like trying to f- figure out like the timing of it. I didn't want to do slow drafts. So trying to get fast drafts to fill, I was I kind of just kind of gave up on on trying to get in there. I had one fill on me while I was at the dog park and auto-drafted and that kind of severed me a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> what it
0: what what's your what's your background, Zach? Do you are you a professional fantasy football drafter? You mentioned getting in some surfing, splitting your your time. Uh what's your your day-to-day like?
3: Yeah, I was doing some day trading. I've sort of shifted my sp- focus as a sports wagering markets and fantasy. And hopefully these wins can give me a little powder to continue nice
0: that's awesome uh sacrilegious wants to know did you do a ton of slow drafts yeah what was the ratio on slow to fast
3: uh yeah it, I mean in order to fire off 115 in ffPC you needed to do some slows I prefer the, the live draft I think it was 70 30 70 live 30 slow gotcha
1: it's amazing to do the type of volume where you can literally mean 70 teams and 30.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was like, that, that's up to just,
1: Oh, was like, do you mean percent, or Actually, it doesn't matter.
3: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> do you, did you find like to Pat's point? Uh, did you find drafting across um, multiple platforms to be like an edge and kind of sharpen you know, across various markets? Or was it hard to reorient yourself to the pretty massive scoring differences?
3: I thought it was an edge sort of going back and forth from underdog to FFPC, sort of comparing the different markets. For example, underdog had Raheem Mostert over Jeff Wilson and an FFPC best ball. It was the other way around. Mm. and sort, sort of settled on Raheem um, just respecting the underdog market and and the lean on that. And even now yes, and sir. I haven't really dived into the big board um, in underdog. I've fired off a couple of never too early drafts and just I, I do think there is an edge of you know firing off drafts in different platforms and uh, diagnosing the different markets. Sure. I, I felt that shot. even
0: across like game types, I mean, even this year doing weekly DFS contests, like seeing what the battle Royale ADPs were and like, there would be the week where like it was Kenneth Walker against the Cardinals and he just like steamed up the battle Royale ADP. And then it was like, you knew that steam was going to carry over to DraftKings, yeah. even though it's different pricing, different, you know, structure, but like those kind of having that extra data point, especially at large volume, when there's so much data baked into those ADPs, I think it's incredibly valuable.
1: Absolutely. Even just from a portfolio management thing of like, you know, hearing that you're getting Mostert behind Wilson, it really, that's stung because I didn't take that much Mostert on underdog partly because I was like, I can always just get Wilson. But if, you know, you, you're over on the other side and it's, it's flipped, you kind of naturally end up on the cheapest guy. If your whole thing is I'll just take the cheapest guy on FFPC, the cheapest guy is the one who wins it.
0: Right. For sure, who ended up being like some of your big stands in season long across either uh, underdog or FFPC?
3: So yeah, I mentioned uh, uh, Raheem. Yeah, uh, was a was a big play. I had a lot of Tank Dell. Um, I did take a big stand on on CD. I mean, at points I was taking him above digs. Um, mm. but, oh, nice. So I had him. On my board at around 8th, he was kind of going on the turn. Um, took a big big stand on him, which worked out. Um, yeah, it's cool 400-point PPR seasons.
0: You said on your board, um, do you set your own ranks? Are you tweaking other ranks or just tweaking ADP? How do you go about that?
3: I am tweaking my ranks off of legends like pat gretch you and uh, so you don't have to yeah, butter me up i don't of... have any ranks to <laughs> <laughs> i'm an adp hound at the end of the day looking, okay. looking for some margins on that and sort of yeah. going through the draft cycle and trying to find some edges in that and
0: So it does sound like you approach all of this it's you know if you do day trading that it is like a very market-based game for you and if you're putting that kind of volume in it almost has to be
3: yeah i think that's fair to say like i said this was my first big stab specifically at the ffpc so i kind of took that approach do you
1: i mean do you mind sharing any kind of like like what was a big stand for you like if, if most are like what kind of percent of the ffpc teams would be like I gotta I gotta intent.
3: pull up my exposures. I haven't checked okay. in in a moment. <laughs> okay.
1: Because I mean, there's some. I mean, it's it's sort of a a risk tolerance thing. I think where you know I tend to get a little bit more consistently carried away than like Pete does, for example. I'll get up to thirty percent on a couple guys usually.
3: Yeah. What was funny is one of my highly exposed tight ends was actually Tucker Craft. I had him like really. 20.
1: Nice That's
3: a okay. big stand because he was going on.
0: Well, I guess in FFPC, he's going teams, undrafted, was even um, on FFPC.
3: Yes, wow. I wow. think I had, I mean, 20 percent on 115 FFPC teams. Was that like wild. a film
0: guy take? Like, you didn't buy Luke Musgrave?
3: It was. I just kind of went down this wormhole and I was like. <laughs> craft is going to beat out musgrave he's Dallas Goddard 2.0 um <laughs> I've read this he might maybe you might I, be right I read the ultimately. <laughs> I read the, the uh, Brugler's uh, beast guide and it was just he was oh, just yeah. a slalom ski master at 12 years old or something and I just <laughs> took a weird stand on uh Tucker craft. I can't pull up my exposures. Everything's sort of oh. it's all good. It's all locked.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so it I love definitely...
1: that
2: though, because you were talking about, I mean, following ADP to a degree and some of those things, but also your stand on lamb. I I mean, I I think the further along, just like stepping way back, the further along I get in this and do this year after year after year, the the best years I have is when I have respect for the market, but also have some stands and those stands hit, right? Like, I mean, I think you still have to have your conviction. You got to have your guys. You can't just be completely market-based. And so it's funny. You said it it was like a weird stand. You took on this slalom skier guy that you learned... But that same mentality is what landed you on a high exposure to C Lamp, being willing to say he's better than, than Diggs and he's my eighth overall player. And he outscores every receiver but two by at least 100 points. I mean, so you, you when you hit that stand, it elevates the whole portfolio. It, it, you know, it's huge. I think that's interesting. I mean, and I, I think it's, it's a feature, not a bug, even though Tucker Craft sucked, <laughs> right? Like,
3: Yeah, so... Laporta was a key to my season. Mm-hmm. I had 20% Laporta. I had that'll do it. Him sprinkled into a lot of main event teams. Took us down on Rasheed. I had 20% Rasheed Rice. J S N. <laughs> oh, no. the skeleton it's is. I, feel, I feel you there.
0: <laughs> if the hits outweigh the misses, though, you're going to be killer. How devastating is it that, like, Jason's in the Eno Benjamin range? Remember Eno Benjamin advance rate player where he yeah. did nothing a couple years ago but was on all the winning teams because the sharp drafters liked him? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I mean, you had he that really touchdown really in Week
1: 16, time. okay? You can't.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, That's yeah it seems like you have a nice blend like gretch was saying of you know respecting the market but also not being afraid to have your takes and it's like if you're reading you know deep scouting reports on this it sounds like you enjoy some of that you know i know ball aspect as well
3: i mean that's how i got into fantasy i just was infatuated with the draft since high school and genuinely enjoy following it um nfl draft is somewhat of my super bowl i'll watch the combine I'll do all three days of the draft. So sort of develops like an intimate knowledge of players in the pool. And I think it gives you the ability to take these player stands. If you're genuinely excited about the business side and the NFL draft. What, what, what would be your advice to people who are sitting here watching? are like, this guy <laughs> just
0: lives the dream. Splits his time between Hawaii and the West Coast. <laughs> ships best ball tournaments meditates during the day what do they have to do to be getting interviewed here Let's on there's this lineup two minutes out. before The <laughs> yeah, line-
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> man i think they got a legendary upside has been a, a valuable resource i have to give you props pat for uh, shipping bbm and then turning this around um and does such a great resource on but yeah, I would, I would advise everyone to sort of dive as deep as you can into into Pat's uh, leg up and Rotoviz has been a great resource for me, also. And then Pete, ship chasing you the man. <laughs> well, we we
0: ab- <laughs> we appreciate that. Uh, yeah, and it sounds like you know as someone who deals with markets too, you understand variance. I mean, I assume this is your, your best fantasy year by a, by a big margin.
3: Yeah, of course. Yeah. This is very gratifying that one finally hit. Um, After winning best ball, I sort of tried to capture that momentum and I rolled 10% over into the playoff best ball challenge. And uh, yeah, I'm just, grateful it worked out like i said this contest means a lot i think everyone in the industry loves the playoff challenges yeah. and yeah it was uh it was a great year i can't wait for 2024 yeah
0: man you talk about momentum you, you got you got a lot <laughs> heading into this off season what a, a how many teams i mean you, you you got the bankroll ready to go what kind of volume do you think you're going to get down this summer
3: What's the speculation on underdog? What's the what's the prize? Is it three point five or five for BBM five? <laughs> I think they're
1: going to go for five. That's, I'll, that's I'll, I...
3: uh, uh, I'll take the under on that.
1: You take the under, okay?
0: <laughs> I think I think we're going to see a ton of even different uh, offerings this year, um, as opposed to just like making the flagship as big as possible. I also think we're going to see a ton more Eliminator tweaks to like weekly winners. I think there's going to be like a ton of different places to park your money depending on that. That seems like the smart
2: way to do it. And they always make smart decisions. So that uh, when you're saying that, that we, we don't want it to be five, right? Like we want it to be flatter payout structures, all that. So
1: that's what we talk about. I mean, I think
2: what you just said, Pete sounds like the way to manage it. And that's awesome.
1: Also to make it a little bit easier to make the final would be nice. And you can't, that's the way to get it to be five. It, one way is to make it really hard to make the final. right?
0: And you think, you know, for most people, like even people who degen and who get a ton of entries down it, there's normally the mantra of like, let me just get one finals team. Like, let me just right. have that one sweat. And so the more kind of possibilities and tournaments there are to realize that, like it, as much as we joke about the, uh, the chasing crane, like it's like, d- does it really matter if it's 2 million or 3 million or one and a half? Like at, at that point, like, it's just like, it, it doesn't really Change it, and I know Underdog now. They are not concerned about that number from a marketing standpoint, which used to be the okay. reason for. We have to be the biggest. The lot of. I know that that is no longer
3: a consideration. All right, that's yeah. that's nice I'll to hear. Max, I'll probably be maxing BBM five. So oh yeah, maybe we sure. can cross and pass Pat and San Diego. <laughs> I'll be multi-tabling over some coffee, <laughs> <laughs> but. <laughs> San Diego's turning into quite the, the, the little best ball
0: hub. We got, uh, you know, uh, TJ's down there. Yep. Is there someone else I'm forgetting? Just 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 Toyo and uh, Karain holding it down.
1: Uh, Christian, who was in Vegas with us, is, is out here. Okay. There you go. There you go. Have you done uh, any of the
3: big board drafts yet, Pat? Have you been?
1: Yeah. Where's- I think I've got like 25 in. Um, yeah. I've got, I'm trying to test the rankings and, you know, make sure I'm I'm like, because uh, it's just such a actually drafting is just such a easy way to to dial stuff in. Like I can get kind of the blocks of where everything should go. And then it's like,
0: why is this guy at the
1: top? <laughs> That's I don't want, I don't want him. Wait, here.
0: But Pat, admit you got bullied into drafting because people wanted rankings. And so that you had to get the rankings out and then to get the rankings out, you had to do drafting to help. And yeah, 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 those yeah. Right.
1: I got bullied by underdog <laughs> underdog did this. They released yeah. the tournament uh, <laughs> earlier than last year. And then I had to like, dive into um, my rookie research uh, a few weeks early. I do. I actually like now, you know, being where I am on the rookies. Like I feel ahead of schedule and that's a nice feeling, but yeah, I had a, I had a week or so, uh, but I thought it was going to be chill, and it wasn't chill at all.
0: <laughs> I will – I'll give you another plug, Pat. I, I consumed my first bit of, like, rookie prospect content, and it was your pod with Connor Rogers. Uh, yeah. And that was really good. It was, like, both informative but just, like, high level. Like, I felt I wasn't, like, drowning in stats, and I'm like, I don't even remember which guy you're talking about kind of yep. thing. Um, So if you're like me and would like a quick little primer, I enjoyed that. But Gretchen and I holding out strong. Uh, That's right. No no drafts yet. I I
2: refuse to start the uh, the bias train. I don't want to get you know any. I don't want any stances on anything right now. I'm I'm putting it off as long as I can.
0: Davis was already on the cast on Wednesday trying to tell me like, oh, I know who's going to be your guys' Sky Moore uh, over at Chip. I was like, stop, get get this stop, get out of here.
3: (laughs) I don't want to hear that. He's already trying to. Do it. this the early involvement? might confuse you when the real games begin is that your stance or because i'm looking at this as an exciting warm-up
2: i mean i i wouldn't mind doing some drafting i don't i i I wasn't like a really firm stance i would say that you know i've done this for eight years the years that i've been really engaged in the off season i've found it harder to come off some of my stances because you have to argue them when you're making content when you're when you're creating, you know, pieces of content, you're talking about it on pods, you're writing stuff, you're making big analytical arguments supporting this player or that player, you d- tend to dig your heels in a little bit. It makes it a lot harder over the six months of, you know, from February to August to then get off that in August. I've enjoyed the years where I've put it off as much as possible and left myself what I've told myself as analytically flexible so that when I get later into the year, I'm, I'm able to come off some of these things. I don't feel like I'm p- like putting myself on a certain path or biasing mm-hmm. my – because I think that's the way to play. It's something that Pat does really, really well. Uh, I don't do it as well. I, I get like sort of obsessive on guys, but Pat throughout the year will be on one guy and then be off him for a stretch, and, and he's able to like play it like a stock market thing. You mentioned that you've done that type of stuff with your background. It might be something that you are – you know it's easier for you to navigate – It's tougher for me to navigate. When I start to do my I'm a very much an 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 analyst. And when I start to do my analysis really deep, I start to formulate opinions that I have a hard time coming off of. So I wanna I want more information before I get that deep into it.
3: I'm just chasing ADP, I think, in these early contests, which is a good time. Sure. Yeah. I mean the combine's a market moving event, like uh I mean Pat's boy, Troy Franklin, like if he's weighing in at 187 as opposed to 197 and you've accumulated some Troy. you're like ooh,
1: toyo i think we're rooting for 187 at this point i'm worried he's gonna be like 177
3: that's six
0: three <laughs> yeah dude he's
1: he Dane brugler has him listed sub 180 in his ranks i was like oh no
0: you guys are so sick. Like your tagline for drafting big board teams right now is so you have a weigh-in sweat at the combine. Like, I did a
1: pod with Davis today, and he, he was touting this dude, Sion Vaki, out of Utah. And he, he's like a deep running back sleeper. And we're like, dude, I haven't heard of this guy. He's like, well, he's converting from safety. It's unclear if he's going to enter the draft as a safety or as a running back. But like, if it's as a running back, wheels up.
0: Well, you know, you know who has no problem adjusting their priors on the fly? One, Mister Davis, fucking bad. That's, that's not a concern. He will discard this guy on the trash heap in a week.
1: You imagine oh, drafting dude. a dude and then he's a safety. Oh, Davis goodness. is looking for this year's
2: Puka Nakua and he went straight to the Utah schools and he was like, all right, I got this safety from, from Utah. That's, that's this years. He might be a running back. We'll take him.
0: That is the other thing. And I'm, I'm not discrediting uh, the value in diving in now, but it's, it's crazy to think of like, you know, Toyo mentions the combine being like a market moving event and obviously the draft and even training camp and think like how long it took to even get tank Dell like firmly on the fantasy drafting radar. And then even Puka, obviously, even later than that. It's like these uber smashes, and they weren't even coming into focus like in May, you know, after multiple market-moving events.
2: And Puka's a great example of where by the time he came on, I had decided that he wasn't good. I didn't do a lot of research on him. I wrote about him extensively after stealing signals, after week one and stealing signals, and, and had him as the top waiver pickup and was really high on him. Because I went back... And looked at the stuff that I like to look at, and saw how good he was at targets per run. It really was just a routes run issue, and that the the routes were there for him immediately with the Rams. It's like this is going to stick. His huge first week was going to stick. It's pretty clear. But I was so I've written a lot about him, even in my recap stuff this offseason. He's one that for me is a good example of where I. I mean, I feel like I was too confident that he couldn't play before. You know, when he came onto the scene late as opposed to being flexible enough to like, go back and look at it while we were still drafting. Cause I didn't really want to even draft them while we we're still drafting. I didn't go back and look at it until after week one. Well then it's a little late, you know? So yeah, those and are, those are examples.
1: I, I was so annoyed with myself. I was like team rookie wide receiver, team draft Rams wide receivers got really into Kyron was drafting Stafford in two, two. And then it's like Puka. Nah,
3: like, <laughs> you idiot. <laughs> I took a little um, stand on, the Cincinnati wide receiver in these early drafts, Andre Yosi Voss, is yeah, yeah, maybe the next puka, but maybe not at that extreme level. Sean loved test. him
2: last year yeah. out of Princeton. I remember talking to him a lot about Yoshi Voss.
0: I just saw the it
3: looks like T Higgins is going to get tagged though. Yeah, so. what's
0: Boyd's contract?
1: He's a free agent,
0: free agent because he can slide into that Boyd role.
1: What's Boyd's value? <laughs> right. Right.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. That's, a, that's an interesting. Pat, does uh, your
3: big board rankings at all reflect potential landing spots specifically in the top ten? Well, so basically, last year I I was in these early drafts. I drafted a lot of Zay thinking that the Chargers were gonna draft them I was like Zay is going to be drafted by the Chargers which was sort of a a senseless exercise but I they think- they
0: wanted him that was the whole thing about there being a disconnect I heard between right yeah the the GM and the coaching I forget maybe it was Brett Coleman when I was hanging out with him this weekend. he was telling me that that
3: the uh the coaches wanted Zay anyway sorry no I just think it's it might be a va- viable strategy in this in these early tournaments to sort of project landing spots specifically in the top 10. So I was just, I'm looking at your rankings. I'm just wondering uh, if if there's any landing spot projections.
1: Not really. I
3: would, if
1: Harrison goes to the Cardinals, I think I'll even have him a little higher. Um, If he goes to the, Patriots though I think he's got to come down a little bit so I'm sort of I'm not projecting that I guess I'm lean he's probably more Cardinals baked in there than not. Right. Um and then I think the other Patriots part of that is you know do they end up with Jaden Daniels or Drake May? Um and I think there's a little bit of risk to the May pick, you know, if he goes to the Patriots it's just such a it's just such a bummer right. that weapons they don't really have, they can't protect him very well but He's so cheap, and I think he's such a value that I'm like, I'm kind of drafting through it, you know, and I, the rank reflects that, but not really. I mean, I think the, like, neighbors is pretty well set up in the top 10. Um, like, he he could go to the Cardinals if, if uh, Harrison were to go to the Patriots. He could go to the Chargers. He could go to the Giants. I think all those are pretty decent spots, um, and I'm not super worried about a dunes because a dunes could end up like with the bears or something. And that's pretty, pretty sweet if they've just got Caleb Williams. So right. I would say that they aren't really baked in, but partly because I'm not that like concerned in terms of the downside. And I'm above market on all those guys by at least a little bit. The- because is- I- Go
3: ahead. I- I'm concerned on the downside when I'm drafting these teams, I think, the draft starts at five. I'm my lean. Caleb goes one. I'm taking Drake with Terry and Jahan. I'm I like that. Taking, yeah, I'm that's how I try stand. to do it too. The, the commanders are taking Drake, although that seems like there's a lot of steam coming, Jaden. And the three spot is a sacrificial lamb spot. I just think Patriots take Jaden. Yeah. Four is Marvin Harrison Jr. If the Cardinals don't take him, someone else is going to come up. Then the real NFL draft begins at five. My lean is Harbaugh takes the tackle from Notre Dame or Bowers. And that's when the other sacrificial lamb spot comes in at six, which is why I haven't been taking much neighbors on the basis that I think neighbors is just gonna separate from a dunze. <coughs> and I just think the giants are gonna take him at six.
2: So Hearing if, you guys say neighbors, I for the first time I'm realizing that it's like the person that lives next to you. Because I've always seen it written, I think. I haven't like <laughs> listened to it. Like it sounds just like neighbors. I was like, wait, neighbors? N E I G H like, oh that's who you're talking about.
0: <laughs> is it neighbors or
1: yeah, it's neighbors. Yeah, yeah. no, it's neighbors.
0: <laughs> It sounds exactly like that. Uh, yeah. Someone, I mean, someone's getting in the lab on, uh, we got uh, some Mr. team name Rogers thing. parody right now. Yeah. We got some stuff <laughs> to work on here. My neighbors. I think <laughs> um, the Giants
1: could cut Waller. And so I just think the targets available in New York could be huge. And I just think neighbor's so good that I, I hear what you're saying, but he's, he's the type of prospect who we would be so, so excited about if Harrison wasn't in this
0: class. Um, I, I think it's sharp though, Zach, the, in something, even when I was doing the big board stuff last year, I wasn't doing enough of, which is taking a stand on the stack because the stack, unless yeah. it's, unless it's like the only downside scenario would be if it was like a 50, 50 spot where 50% of the market was stacking in one way and then you were wrong stacking of the other, but like, that's not the case. Most people aren't stacking. And so even if you're wrong, you just have them unstacked. Like what? 95% of the field does everyone else. Most likely, yeah. right? As well, you're free. And you have a little stack.
2: bit of a stack on their passing game. If you have both, you know McLaurin and, and Dotson, you still have like a little bit of the receiver thing going on, or, or however you're playing that. I I wonder about May. Like I, I know that they're they're not going to put all the weight on. I'm a little concerned about Washington's new ownership. And then you have uh, – the basically the point I'm trying to make is you have Howell from UNC. You have May from UNC. It's right up the road from Washington. There's a lot of people that live in D.C. that are – like that went to UNC and stuff. It's not – it's like right below Virginia geographically, uh, North Carolina is. So anyway, I, I wonder a little bit if it's like a, a little push to be like, we can't take another UNC quarterback, and that's going to actually sway them. It shouldn't. I'm I'm, vaguely worried about that.
1: Yeah, the the downside, right? Like, even let let's say you take McLaurin, Dotson, maybe when you go like Brian Robinson, you're really building out the stack. You grab Drake May, and then they take Jaden Daniels. Like, I mean, Jaden Daniels is still going to throw the ball like a fair amount. I think like he's and he's got you know he's a I like May a lot better as a passer, but I don't know that you're devastated that you have the Washington guys like I think they can probably still get there so it's a build I think worth like the downside isn't that bad even if it doesn't come together so I like the I've been doing that too trying to trying to do the Washington stack
0: the more I hear people talk about this draft class I'm starting to get the vibes it has the potential to be like one of the best like fantasy rookie drafting experiences yet just if you think about it this way ton of wide receiver talent that we're going to yep. be able to draft ton ton of quarterback viable quarterbacks that you're going to be able to take in drafts for. Sometimes you're just like, Ugh, do I really want to take these guys? And then you're going to have so much ambiguity at running back, right? Where you're just going to have this flood of guys who are probably going to be like past 100, you know, picks or double digit plus round picks because we're not going to get a ton of studs with like really early.
1: It's last year's players. class without Robinson and Gibbs.
0: Right. And so that not having the certainty there is probably going to just create a shit ton of like viable options, like rounds 10 through 16.
1: Totally. Yeah.
2: There's a bunch of like
0: like a great recipe for fun fantasy drafting. It is. It does seem
2: really fun. Pat, where did you, where have you fallen on on a dunes early
1: in your research? I'm, I have like the most boring take ever. Like, I'm like, he looks good. I thought you were going to hate him. No, I don't hate him. I was kind of okay. like disappointed I didn't hate him because I because you were like Pat, you're gonna hate him, and I was like, oh yeah, I'm gonna, oh, yeah, yeah let me make my own take. <laughs> and then I then I came in, I was like, he's a traditional outside wide receiver. He's you know generally seen as like very scheme proof. He's gonna kind of fit into whatever. Um, he was productive. He broke out as a 19 year old. Um, he was productive throughout his career. He was efficient uh, as an underclassman in yards per route run. He did not have a lot of contested deep, deep targets, uh, which I generally like is like a sign of being able to separate deep, but he has a really good contested catch rate. So it's like you can win jump balls, but you can also separate. That's good. Um, I'd like to see him test well. Like if he doesn't test well, that would be like a minor concern. But generally I'm like, yeah, cool. Like he seems good. Um he checks I, a lot
2: of boxes, right? He he checks like, a lot of boxes. He's like an all around like solid receiver. I always felt like yes. totally film – film take because i haven't dug into the numbers really at all and then like compare them to other prospects and stuff but i always felt like he was reliable he did everything you wanted out of a receiver those types of things but i'm biased as hell so i'm, I'm interested to hear you talk about him that way where it feels like he does everything like you said he can separate deep but also win contested catches that's the kind of thing that like when you watched him every week you're like yeah you could go that's- to him and he would win or he would out physical somebody at the catch point if he didn't win like he
1: could do yeah. either and that's my stats base Take like so it's kind of it's and it's always fun when it marries with you know the film evaluations and then you 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 can feel more confident. But um I the other thing is the framing of it, right, is that like in best ball drafts, it's Harrison one, he's going in like the second round, <laughs> neighbors is around pick 36, Dunze is around like pick fifty-five, and then Brian Thomas is like in the mid 70s or something, so or late seventies. So your Every one of those guys are in their own tier. You have to go past pick 100 to get to the next group of wide receivers. And if that feels right to me, like if Odunze was challenging neighbors, I'd be like, this is nuts. We're looking at like this really high end, early to declare, declare prospect. I believe he led the SEC in receiving yards two years in a row as an underclassman. Like, come on. Why, is, why are we talking about Odunze next to this guy? But we're not. You're getting like, you know, a 20 pick discount. Before you have to even right. think about Adunze, so it right. seems like efficiently priced to me. And he um, might
0: get a much better quarterback, right? If he's going later,
1: potentially, yeah, the,
3: yeah. So, so I'm, I want to take more away. Adunze than Na- I like neighbors more, but I'm taking more Adunze just because I'm scared that neighbors mm. is landing with the Giants. And let's just say Adunze, let's say Chicago goes uh, Caleb, and then at nine takes Adunze. Doesn't a come up around and neighbors come down around and aren't they right next to each other?
1: Yeah. And then I'm just hammering neighbors for the rest of the the rest of the draft season.
3: (laughs) Well, is it
0: isn't that kind of not not to put this on Ben's guy, but isn't that kind of like the Addison Quentin Johnston dynamic last year where then like the Quentin Johnston moved up because Don't you put that that evil on him? (laughs) <laughs> that's what i'm saying
1: no um, but i think the uh the queen i Johnson can't wait clip. to make it a dunes clip that's that's what we're gonna have in a dunes right. clip
2: <laughs> oh, don't put
0: that <laughs>
3: yeah don't oh, put yeah. that on him, him. come on <laughs> no it's not
2: gonna be the dunes clip <laughs> <laughs> come on
3: i need oh, an ave maria man. clip i prior yeah. to that yeah. kansas yeah. city that's
1: how we gotta close yeah. yeah yeah the justin tucker the that's the city one clip game. that came through Justin right. Tucker is such the goat kicker that even a ship
3: chasing clip couldn't ruin him. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure all the ship chasers know, but does the general public know that's actually Justin Tucker singing opera? <laughs> it's it's such a beautiful part I of it. I think they I think they do. do they? We uh, they we've,
1: Yeah, I don't know. We've commented on it at times. It's so Yes, yeah. awesome. I
3: played that YouTube clip before the Kansas City game for the Sweat. did you really i did i love it with some sage (laughs) well hey man you
0: know
1: you you said it was a flawed process but that worked out pretty well
0: guys i think what we need to do because zach's saying you know listens to the show reads the stuff looks at the ownership projections but then he's doing all of this stuff the meditation the sage i think we need to meet him
3: halfway
0: and that's what's going to really ignite our process and take it to the next level.
3: You boys better call me if you ever come to the islands. We'll put you in an ice bath sauna, <laughs> open <laughs> those chakras up. All right, Let's go, dude. Where, where, uh, which island did you say you, you're at? I, I'm on the north
0: shore of Oahu. Okay, yeah. very nice. Pete's already <laughs> scheduled this trip. That's uh, opening <laughs> the chakras up. You, you, you had, had it the, had the chakras. Oh yeah, you, you had, had with sauna it. for sure. <laughs> Be like, sorry, honey. I need to go do this fantasy football spiritual journey where I need to. Zach is going to give me some crystals to bring back to the mainland and help me win a tournament. <laughs> Sounds like a pretty um, good
1: man's video. If you want to bring him back, yeah, no.
0: Um, uh, Zach, we got you. I got you linked down in the show notes. Your your Twitter, anywhere else, uh, the people can follow around your chill ass vibes. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Yeah, at Zach Toyo. I think uh, that's where you can find me. And I'll be in the underdog streets with Pat, probably the FFPC. So, uh, yeah, thanks for having me, guys.
0: Are you going to make that's a wonderful. content turn like everyone else who wins a tournament? you going <laughs> to launch your own? ZenUpside.com?
3: <laughs> so I, I, I have to say, for the weekly walkthrough, Pat, is just, I can't imagine how much time that takes because
0: when it's not out we got to wait another 12 hours so <laughs> it's been
3: habitual for the past three years for me to read Silva Silva's matchup and yeah I started week one with the weekly walkthrough and uh it's become habitual for me too so uh that it's just an unbelievable resource but um I love to come on and do some drafts
0: yeah Nice. Uh, this
3: Appreciate is actually a good that,
0: question. Man. I'm curious, this too. What is, what is your handle on the? I, I know it on is on Toyo on FFPC, but what about Underdog?
3: Yeah, it's uh, for some reason Subfo three. It was S U B F O three, as in Sub four three, as in the combine. Oh, so, I like that. For some yeah. reason that was taken, so I used the Japanese Subfo so s-u-b-f-o-s-a-n sort of an odd name but dude i like it (laughs) i like it um
0: gretch pat anything else from uh from you guys i want to
2: say real quick last thing to wrap up the omni cup for anyone who was interested in that we dropped the link earlier we're going to start those drafts next wednesday before you're going to see us again I got a lot of people last year. They were like, "Ah, oh, I missed out. I didn't get signed up in time. If you're interested, go put your name on the list. If you're not interested at that point, you can, you can drop out later, but, uh, wanted
1: to let everyone know that's five more days to sign up for that.
0: There you go. Pat,
1: <clears throat> uh, did a pod with Davis and Jacob Sanderson today on the rookie class, uh, talked kind of more in depth. Um, it, as Pete mentioned, I did a pod yesterday with Connor Rogers, um, also talking about the rookie class and getting some kind of additional context, probably better to start there. It's a little more high level. And then tomorrow doing a legendary sickos episode with Eric Bime for, uh, also talking rookies. So lots of rookie talk, uh, on the legendary upside podcast network.
0: Beautiful. Yeah. As we mentioned, no show next week, I'm taking next week, uh, completely off. We'll get back in the lab touch base, see what we got for you guys. Uh, later uh in the month after that uh probably some drafts probably some more uh omni check-ins all of that good stuff we can dig into the prospects more all of that uh but appreciate you and shout out again to all of the winners in the playoff contest saw so many screenshots across underdog ffpc all of that good stuff so uh, appreciate all of you guys for hanging with us and congratulations on all of the scores thank you again to zach we'll see you guys in a couple of weeks